It's Monday, the most fun day of the week, right? Ah, boy, here we go. The best day of the week. Uh, no. Uh, no. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Joining Steve Scafidi, it's radio legend herself, Carol Kay. Now, if I had a piece of their bread, I would smear the mayonnaise all over it and just eat that. I'd have a mayonnaise sandwich. What is wrong with you? <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> well, I know you're going to. Of course, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so what do I care? <laughs> hey, do your own thing. You do you, Carol. I... Hey, we agreed on something. How about that? Yeah. At 10.53, Steve and Carol finally agreed on something. Now broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. This is time to party. Here's Steve and Carol. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Monday Show. Of course, that means the fabulous Carol Kane in studio, <laughs> yeah. the radio legend, as, oh. as we heard in the uh, beautiful intro produced by Brandon Snide. And now that I have the coffee mug that your lovely wife made, everybody can see that I'm a radio yes. legend. Thanks to Kathy for making the the yeah. official radio legend really coffee cute. mug. Very cute. I gotta say. Okay. We were talking before the show. I gotta turn yes. my, my uh, headphones up because I could barely hear you. Um you said you watched two things over the weekend. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which I, I have to get to. Yes, I thought it was an excellent movie. And the other one was Chris Rock's Netflix special. Pretty much diametrically opposed. Yes, I did watch Chris Rock, um, and I thought he was, you know, uh, people are calling him out because of something that Will Smith did or didn't do, but I thought it was a really good special. Now, you have to get through the language and not be offended by it because it's Chris Rock and you know he's going to go there. They're just words. Um, they're just words, right? But I thought he was pretty spot on on a lot of stuff. Now, we're going to focus on the reaction, officially now the reaction of Chris Rock acknowledging in a Netflix special what we all saw happen. I saw it later because I, I don't watch the award shows. I, yeah, I saw it real time. Yeah, so if you don't remember... Almost a year ago, because I think the Oscars are Sunday, right? Yes. Almost a year ago, he made a comment. Will Smith uh, took offense to a comment uh, to a comment that that the Chris Rock made about Jada Pinkett Smith, mm -hmm. and so Chris Rock finally said in, something in, in the format that he's most comfortable with. Addressed the issue. Let's let's hear let's hear some of that. Y'all know what happened to me getting smacked by Suge Smith. Let me just say, I, I love, we, and we had to clean that up. Yeah, okay. And that's yeah. just a small snippet of sure. it. Sure. I love the fact that somebody somebody says what everybody wanted to say. I think that's exactly the way you, you should. Will Smith assaulted him on stage at the Oscars. He's, and he's been pretty much on the down low about that 
probably waiting for this. He, I'm sure he had this contracted, you know, ready to go, and it just added more fuel to the fire. And it, like you said, it's um, it's his special. He can do whatever he wants. Um, and, you know, Will Smith's not going to be at the Oscars this year because he's been banned for, what, 10 years? Yeah, I think, I think so? so, yeah, which is appropriate. Sure, sure. Can't control yourself. You don't need to be there. I did find that it was very interesting that he came out and said it. There were certain things that I mean that I think he crossed over that kind of raised some eyebrows for some people. Um, but I the the name of the special is Selective Outrage, and I thought he did a brilliant job in talking about both sides of black and white. I I thought he did a great job. What I like about Chris Rock is even though he's a super rich. Really famous comedian. He he's got an too. everyman quality to him that I love. Uh-huh. He's just, and at the end of the day, he's just kind of a guy, right? And, well, and a lot of people wouldn't be able to handle that, the embarrassment of being slapped on stage in front of, what, a billion people watching worldwide? Mm-hmm. And he comes out of it like a champ. Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, he, and what was interesting about that whole slapgate thing was the fact of then Will Smith is, you know, he's contrite and he's in the corner and he's crying and Tyler Perry's trying to help him out and blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, just sit down. Just sit down. You would do the same. He, You know, Will Smith would probably do the same damn thing. But I just, it's it's a very interesting special, but you do have to watch out for the language and know. Yeah, don't slap it on when you have kids running around the house. Yeah, no. No, but that, I, I I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on this. I just I was really. Did you watch any of it? Just a snippet that we played. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and a little more than that because he goes starts he goes into their relationship a little bit between Will Smith and. That's J- where Jada. I think a lot of people raise their eyebrows. Yeah. But I mean, let's you know if you ha- if you don't know the story, these two basically practice like an open marriage. They have an open marriage, from what I understand. Yes. And he he makes a point later in the and and you saw it. Where he says, "Who, who, after suffering through this, has his wife interview him about how he feels about the fact that she's like, you know, you know, whating with sleeping, a, sleeping with, with somebody his, else, yeah, with, with one of their kids' friends or something." I mean, yeah, yeah, which I know. Is very awkward and very weird. Really, what's weird. that show she does? Like Red Table or something? So I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, my knowledge of what Jada is doing these days is really limited. You know what my takeaway from all this is? Hollywood is just effing weird they're so caught up in themselves they are just the consummate narcissists like we get, do we have to know all this stuff no we don't and i'm much happier if i don't to tell you the truth that's why we're not spending a lot of time on it now we will talk about the award show next monday because a lot of people watch what well, yes um what i liked about chris rock too was he talked about his ex-wife he talked about his daughters. So, I mean, it's 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 very well-rounded. So it doesn't just concentrate on the slap. He's a super rich everyman. Yeah. Well, he says, I'm very rich. <laughs> I love the fact that he's talking about Will Smith, who played Muhammad Ali and has got a, a great physique. He goes, you don't see me showing up in movies with my shirt on. Sure. Because he's like a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's super funny. Yeah. I, and I, I, I really enjoyed the special. And then going back to the Oscars, I really... Now, it's hard to watch... All's quiet on the Western Front. It's really tough. It is. What these guys went through is horrible. It was World War One, mm-hmm. but man, is it a good movie. I liked it a lot. I got... You know, here was the thing. I got it. I understood it. I absorbed it. What was the it. other movie you were watching you didn't get? 
Everything, everywhere, all at once. Which is up for Best Picture, Best Actress. Yeah, it's up for everything. Best Supporting Actress for Jamie Lee Curtis. So good for her, but I, I, I spent twenty minutes on it, and I was just like, I'm. It keeps popping up in my in my. You must watch this, or you should watch this. I just I can't pull the trigger on it. Pull the trigger on it, because then I want to. I I put it out on Facebook. Because I'm like, I don't get this. I don't think I'm smart enough for this movie. And I had two women that wrote me um, and said, I love that movie. And they they all both had their different ideas as to what it was about. I'm not really quite sure. It's this multidimensional. But I didn't like Banshees either. And you do. Yeah, the, the Banshees of in, in Sharon. Yeah, which that thing's up for a, a ton of awards as well. Not going to get anything. In. I don't know about that. I don't think so. Uh, why don't Why do you think so? I just think that the the train chugging on everything, everywhere, all at once is just not going to be stopped. And I don't think that he, Colin Farrell, will win for um, for it. I think that uh, Brandon Fraser will win for Whale. Well, yeah, which which I have to track that movie down because that looks amazing. Well, okay, let me just ask you this because I belong to these streaming. So I have Netflix and Prime, mm-hmm. and if I'm paying for Netflix and Prime, don't sit there and dangle this carrot in front of me that I can watch Whale on Prime or Netflix, <laughs> one of the, and then tell me I got to pay you nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents just to watch. No, I'm not doing that. Here's the dirty little secret about all that. Since I've finally cut the cord, I did a whole hour on it last week. Even though you like right now, my bill's significantly less than it was, right? Yeah. But over the course of time, it could be a year, it could be five years, ten years. All of those charges that you, you know, you compile them all together, you stack them on top of each other. It's going to be as much as what I was paying before. Let's be honest. Sure. All probably. Those, we probably have six streaming services. You know, now they're all pretty affordable, and some of them are included with other things that we have, like our phone contract. But at some point, it's the same. Yeah. No, I I'm still tied to Spectrum, and I'm, you know, basically, <laughs> I'm paying a lot of money. Uh, we we could go getting, so many places with nah, just the fact that you mentioned, mentioned that company and UVerse and all the other ones. All right, so after the break, we're going to talk about this: a local antique store. Boy, what a mess this is, huh? Displaying some items. Right. This, and apparently, the way it works is some of our consignment thing, where different vendors are in there. One right. of the vendors has some. Jim Crow era items, racist depictions of black people. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it. Yes. We'll talk about it after this on WTMJ. I love it when you go crazy. I, I was listening to the break there. I mean, Vince going pretty hard after me. Did you hear that? Talking no. about cake and me jumping out of a cake, and then Debbie says, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, then Vitrano goes, I don't want that, or basically. Yeah, well. Matter with him. You should jump out of a. You can jump out of a cake. Jump out of anything. Sure. I have no limits, Carol. I know. (laughs) Nothing holding me back. No, you don't. Absolutely. All right. A serious story, and one I want to spend a little bit of time on. I'd love to hear from you as well. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the old National Bank talking text line. The headline is this story written by Roy Lenane, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, which is the name of the paper. Like everybody in town, they can't say the name of the paper anymore. I don't know why. Kind of. Yeah. Immature uh, behavior is that. It's the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, folks, has been for a long time. For a long time. Here's the headline. People are protesting and some dealers are leaving a Milwaukee antique store over Jim Crow era items, racist depictions of black people. Uh, Just a quick read from a couple of the sentences. Some antique dealers are taking their boots out of antiques on Pierce, upset with the lack of response from owners after a vendor raised concern that a collection of Jim Crow era items on display at the store, present offensive, racist caricatures of black people. Right. 
So there's a couple things going on here. One, okay. this is apparently like a consignment store where people just drop drop in, put their stuff, right? Well, yeah, you you rent like an area as a vendor, and you put on put the stuff that you want to sell there. Yeah. Now the owners, and right. this is this is through the Better Business Bureau. I'll list it as Brian and Cheryl Belly. Uh, anyone at the store usually doesn't associate with the owner. They basically say they're not there. They say they they, they own the building. Yeah, basically, basically. Uh, it's the largest, and it's they say it's the largest antique mall in southeastern Wisconsin. So big, three story building. Yeah, hundred different dealers. Mm-hmm. Started in uh, 2010 as Antiques on Second on South Second Street, moved to their Pierce Street location in 2015. So somebody noticed at one of these little this, vendor spots. Yeah, this girl went in that there was some degrading things in their objects for sale. Yes, and I don't really need to, We don't really need to get into uh, one of them. They post a picture. One of them. It's a black minstrel, whirly gig dancing. Uh, I mean, we've seen these things before. Sure, black caricatures yes. and things like that. Yes, generally not positive characters. Right. I mean, we've even seen films get into trouble, like you know, Song of the South and stuff like that. Come on, really? I've seen people still have the uh, you know the. The lawn statues, the, yeah, okay. With you know, very racist, right? I, you know, and I, you know, I understand that the I, I, the owners have the right to say it was just it's this historical. Let's not make any more out of it. But yet, at the same time, this young woman, I did think it was interesting that she did come out and say. Because they were protesting. They had about a couple dozen people outside the store protesting with signs and things like that. And she did come out and say, profiting from this stuff, no. Donate it to a museum so we can learn from it. I think that's a very positive statement. So why is this in the news? Well, it's racist. I mean, depictions of black people in these kind of images. There's there's Aunt Jemima references. There's, uh, what was the other one? Not black people eating watermelon. I mean, you know, scary stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that piece of it. Now, a number of, of vendors have pulled out of this store. And there's also now protesters. Yes. Outside the store. There's like a dozen people uh, last week and then apparently on Saturday as well. So I've got a couple thoughts on this. And I just... Okay. If you're going to run a business... In, in today's world, now, I, I don't know how hard it is to run an antiques business because I'm, I'm certain that in this scenario, you don't know every item that is in the store that you are... You would think you'd tour around, though, a little you bit. You would think. And, yeah, Again, and this by. could be a, a very distance ownership or very a very engaged ownership. I don't know. We don't, and we don't know what that... We have no idea. No, because they haven't said it diddly. Here's my thing, though. Once you're aware of it... You are actually hurting your business because vendors are pulling out of your location. So I guess I don't understand the business sense of this. Why aren't you taking some kind of action? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. So a simple question for all of you. Racist? I don't think there's a question. Racist depiction of any group, right, is, should not be for sale. Right. It could be in a museum because that's our history, right? I get the museum side of this, perhaps. But for the store owner, why would you hurt your own business to stand on that line and say, well, this is a vendor doing this? Well, could you imagine? Could you imagine the outrage if there was a vendor that was selling Nazi memorabilia? 
which I'm sure happens. I'm sure it does in certain circles, in certain areas. I'm absolutely certain it does. But, but I'm also, I'm also positive, sorry to interrupt you, but I'm also positive that happens less than it used to. Sure. Go ahead. No, that was it. I mean, it's, it's, you have to, and you're, you know, if, when you look at it and in your gut you go, ooh, I don't feel comfortable with that. Now, I understand the Jim Crow era. I under, I, I get it. I understand it. I think that the, um, the offer to put it in a museum and she would feel much better about that and use it as a teachable experience. How, what do I say all the time? You know, let's use this as a teachable experience. Um, and I, I know there's probably a lot of people out there and it's a generational thing for a lot of people. It's just that was what they grew up with. Look, if you're a business, I want to make sure that I have as much business coming in right. as possible. Right, and if you are, you have protesters, that doesn't that's not good for business. And two, if you're losing vendors because of a decision that you're allowing to happen, a thing that's happening at your location, that seems like bad business to me. We'll take a quick break here. We'll be back with the news. We'll continue the conversation, wrap it around the news. You're listening to Stephen Carroll on Monday on WTMJ. A local antique store has items now they're vendor items more of a consignment situation they're, the owners have not really responded for comment at least that i've seen two comments i haven't seen anything from them and the the items that uh, in question are depictions of black americans that right are, they're offensive let's just that's the easiest way i can say it. yeah i mean the jim crow era was in the 1800s and jim crow was actually a minstrel show in like 1828 something like that but these were all based on the era is all based on laws basically in the South that kept the racial segregation. And these things were used to depict how they treated black people down in the South. It's, and it's just they're oppressive yeah. depictions. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now, I have disagreement and I always want to read the disagreement. I got some bunch of calls as well. Hey, Steve, I also sell antiques in an antique store that I have many collectors actually looking for World War Two German items and black oppression collectibles. That's the term that she used. Uh, just like Facebook and everything else, don't like it, simply scroll on by. But if it hurts the business, that's, that's the thing I don't get. If you're a business owner, you want vendors in your store, and you have at least three in the in Journal Sentinel article that are saying, you know, I don't want to be associated with that. You're losing business. Well, and in all honesty, with what we the tools that we have today, you can find that stuff anywhere if you want to. Oh, oh, we got a bunch of uh, callers. Let's go to the first. Uh, Jim from Bayview. Hey, Jim. Welcome Hi, to the Jim. show. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. <clears throat> my family has had a very old oil painting in the family for years and years. It's just a couple of houses, and standing outside, there's a, a maid that happens to be black. We would never consider taking that painting down never and uh when you look at things like that it's only racist if you think about that it's all to do with history and i like history you know and it, it may be offensive to some folks but not to me it's just part of history and thank you for bringing up the story and thanks for talking about the antique building mm -hmm. and because of that i'm gonna go down to the building right after i talk to you and i'm gonna see what they might have oh all right thanks for the call jim i mean look i, I respect other 
opinions on this. I, you know, here's the thing. One, he, that's hanging, it sounds like, in his house. Right, right. And depicting black people is not racist. And anybody who's been around American history knows that that made, black made, sure. was not uncommon if you're talking about a historical no, oil uh, painting. So uh, right. kind of a different thing. Um, Rome from Milwaukee, welcome to the show. Hey, Rome. Hi, Rome. Hey, hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I really appreciate this topic because I am a child of the Jim Crow era growing up in Dawson, Georgia in the 1950s and 60s. I'm also an antique dealer, uh, and I totally agree with Jim, the caller before me. We need to know about this stuff. Kids need to know their history. One of the problems with our country right now, and you have to look no farther than what's going on in Florida with Ron DeSantis, is that people want to whitewash history. Now, yes, if it's done in a derogatory manner, you know, to make black people look bad, that's one thing. But selling this stuff only gives more people the opportunity to learn from that. And that's the problem with our country. We don't want to face the fact of history. I don't see this as racism, and I'm going to actually go there and see if I can't get me a boost because I have a lot of good artwork that I'm going to be selling now that I'm retired. Thanks for, Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for the feedback. Well, Rome's a, a love very loyal fan of the show. Let me just draw my line. Okay. The historical stuff, no problem. But racist depictions of African Americans, Black Americans eating watermelon, that goes a little farther than just well, but historical. The, but depiction. then okay, Steve, let me ask you then, what what do you do with it? Do you throw it away? Do you do you use it as once again a teachable moment where you can tell people this is this is bad and I'll this is why it's bad? I mean, we're, we are faced with the slippery slope of how far, where do we go with all this? I mean, seriously, I was just telling you off the air, I was watching Guess Who's Coming to Dinner the other night. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I went, ooh, I felt kind of bad when all of a sudden they've got the black maid and they're, or, you know, get get us coffee. Again, get that's us historical and that's very, it was commonplace. Sure, I get it. But you've got, you know, look what happened with uh, the movie Dumbo. With the the crows, I mean, we so, so I mean, where do we where do we draw do we draw the line? The, or my line just, is when it becomes silly and absurd. We're going to talk about this later in the show. With words, it's like I'm, if, if you listen to the show, I'm pretty clear on where I, I fall down on this stuff. It, if it becomes nonsensical, then I'm not going to be a part of it. You know, changing the the vocabulary vocabulary of all of us because someone doesn't like the word stand now or right, sure pick a word right. Yeah. There's a million of them. Well, and. In an odd way, this young woman who brought this to light, I'm not really sure she's helping her case just by standing outside with a cardboard sign ending racism. Maybe there's something more you can do to educate the public as to why this is offensive to you. And as somebody who's very pro-business, there's also a part of me that understands, like two of our callers, they're going to go to this store now. Right. So there's a, there's that piece as well. That's why everything is has nuance, right? Uh-huh. Personally, I don't like depictions that make anyone look unreal or are demeaning in their depiction. I just don't like them. Uh-huh. Whether that's a black American or a white American Doesn't or what, matter. whatever. I don't want to see it. Now, does someone have a right to sell it? It sounds like they do. It's a store and the owners are saying, "Eh, that's the vendors." I think fault. that everybody has the right to do whatever. They do have the right, but as an owner, I would probably since apparently they have gone through and had like curse words covered up with vendors in some whatever they have. You know, you got to cover that up. Sure. So I don't see any problem with at least taking a tour through and going, 
you know, I kind of have a problem with some of this stuff, and I would prefer that you not display it or sell it or put it online, and people can, you know, you could put down maybe a sign that says, if you want stuff like this, this is where you go to get it. My personal profile. But uh. Let's take it to the extreme. What about a Nazi flag? You want to see a big Nazi flag hanging in an antique oh, store? That, I'm telling you, that would cause a huge problem. Now, I'm of Germanic heritage, and I just have to look at it and go, yeah, we were awful. You know, the, we, were, we were not nice people with, during World War I and World War II. And because I can walk and chew gum at the same time, I can know that that's to me, is, is something I don't want to see. But I also know those kinds of collectibles are highly sought after. Oh, my God, and yes. They get, if they're real, authentic, they get big, huge big money. money. Huge money. We'll take a break. We've got Mike from Illinois on the, on the lines. We've got tons of texts. I think that I want a broader conversation. I know that the antique store on Pierce is, is what everybody's specifically talking about. But overall, if we're going to talk about race in America, how we get along, should we not be looking for opportunities to but make that, that less, have less friction in that relationship? That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or should we pick the wound, pick the scab over and over again until at some point we can't relate to each other? That's the point. That's our focus. Join us. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank, talk and text line. Defining racism in the context of a business that is basically letting vendors sell right. products. Right. I think some go too far. Some of them are just historical. I have no problem with those. I, you know what, I, I, I said this off the air, and I, and I truly believe it. I don't think that an awful lot of people even know what the Jim Crow, Jim Crow era means. And maybe this is some of the stuff that we should be highlighting during Black History Month, which we just had in February. Well, one hopes that schools are doing that, right? We spent a lot of time on this, these issues when I was in, in high school in, in history class. I, I hope that that's the case today. But I can be, I'm perfectly honest with you. We, I know I didn't learn about the Jim Crow laws. I mean, the horrific treatment of black Americans, separate entrances, separate bathrooms, sometimes no entry right. allowed. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. This is not that. This is a depiction. So somebody asked me a fair question. Define racism. I looked it up. Okay. I, I have a pretty good feeling what it is, and I'm not far off. Belief that humans can be divided into separate and exclusive biological entities based on physical traits, right? Personality, intellect, morality, other cultural and behavioral features. And that's and this is the kicker. Some races are more superior than others, right? That's where the racism yeah. comes in. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not looking for agreements. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is the right answer in the bigger picture of, folks, we have to figure this stuff out. I am hearing more black versus white commentary all the time under the guise of politics than I ever have in my life. Right? Because in the 60s, I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't pay me much too. attention to it, to be honest. As a nope. little kid. I was a kid, too. We were born the same year. But I would like to think that as a country, now politics and politicians are showing the opposite, right? Because we're separating. We're actually going to do a story. They're very divisive. Yes. We're going to do a story later about. The state of Idaho trying to grab onto the conservative part of Oregon and make it part of their states. I mean, that's kind of where we're at here. But I understand there's differences on this. And again, this word, I'm falling in love with the word nuance. It's not all or, or all one way or all the other. There's some nuance to these questions. And perhaps we should consider those before we jump to whatever conclusion we're going to come to. Harry joins us from Mequon. Welcome to the show, Harry. Hey, Harry. Hey, guys. Uh, 
just a quick comment on this situation. I want to go back to what Steve was saying about why would a business allow this. This is all started because of collectibles, these items that are down there, and I've seen them. They've been on the news. They've been on national news. They're all collectibles that were from a southern region. They came from a southern mentality many, many years ago, and as Many of us know collectors will go, you know, they'll walk over their mother to get what they want. Right. And these items have become very collectible. Yes, they are racially tinted because they are of African-American people in depiction, different depictions. But the majority of these are cookie jars, salt shakers, and containers with the Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben type uh, uh, representations. Mm -hmm. This young lady has taken it to a different level with something that's been for sale. It's been available to the public for many, many years. Nobody has complained about it on this scale. She has gotten national news. She has certainly gotten local news. And I see this as a situation where a young lady has taken this to get her 15 minutes of fame. Interesting. On the racial side of this, uh, going back to what Steve is saying, being a non-African-American person, being somebody of Southern heritage, I don't look at what she's doing as anything positive to fight racism. I look at what she's doing as taking her 15 minutes of fame and contributing to racism and reverse racism. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, well well said, Harry. Thank, thanks for the, I, I think he pretty much nails it. That's, yeah. That's the way I look at it. I understand the collectible piece. Trust me. I'm a collector. I don't collect those kind of items, but I understand the power right. of that. You, you lose your mind in the pursuit of something you want to collect. Right. And this is a big, there's a big market for this stuff. Right. And I understand there's, and there's a lot of, I mean, you're, you can cross over into Native American art. You can cross over into Asian art. You can cross over into a whole bunch of different areas. I don't disagree with him exactly, with uh, Harry in the fact that um, I think that she could be using her time much more wisely. And my, my only point in bringing this up, because I, I don't really go to a lot of antique stores anymore because I have enough stuff. Yes, you do. If I buy something, I usually buy it online. And it's something really specific that I want. That's it's my thing. generally related to sports. So Why they, don't you just go online with this stuff? Well, because this is the woman's business. She sells things okay. live in her, in her store on Pierce Avenue or Pierce Street. Look, all I'm saying is we are continuing to find issues that pit one against the other. I'm saying you have to understand... The other side, if you really want to fix things in America. And, exactly. And easier said than done. I, I totally agree with that. Exactly. But look, folks, these are things that have to be resolved at some point. Now, I'm a big fan of the younger generations. I think they sort of get it. Because somebody said to me, this is two white old people arguing about something that nobody cares about. Really? Nobody cares about it? All this attention? Nobody cares about it? I think that's dishonest. I I I agree with you. Because I'm all about... Once again, you know, we stand by this statement because it's true. If we don't learn from history, we are going to repeat it. End of story. So we have to use these moments to learn about one another. You're never going to learn about one another just by standing on the opposite side of the street screaming at one another. Never. Never. I, I want to learn. And I think this is a really learnable time when we can figure out exactly how we can work better together. I'd love her. I'd love for her to sit down with me 
and and tell open me, invitation to the store owner or the vendor if they want to come on the show. Yeah. Absolutely, I'll give her another fifteen minutes of fame. I I just I want to know what it is that you know about that era. What well, do you know? I want to know that people are paying attention to the issues that concern our country. Right now, it's it's too much us versus them, me against you. Left versus that stuff's not getting us anywhere positive, in my opinion. No. Now, if you're a fan of that, there's a candidates or two that are right in your wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. Go support them. Karen, Mike, you're up next on the phone lines after this. Lots of opinions being expressed on our topic. Started with a story about an antique store. Now it is, is kind of uh, expanded to the issue of race. Couple calls. Got to do it quick, folks. Mike joins us from Illinois. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Mike. Good morning, Steve and Carol. How are you? Good, 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 good on this Monday. What do you think? Yes, indeed. Um, so I think she has a right to protest. Um, I do believe... Uh-oh. Oh, we lost Mike there. Sorry about that, Mike. Um, let's just take Karen. Karen, are you on the air? Karen. Karen. There she is. Karen, go ahead. Um, if this was an artist or a craftsperson putting these images on T-shirts or backpacks and selling them at a craft show, I would have a problem with that. But these are historical items that people collect in a historical frame, and if we destroy all of history, we're doomed to repeat it. Okay. Well, let me. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked someone earlier. What if it's a Nazi flag? If it's a Nazi flag, that has... If we, if we destroy every reference to Nazism, how are we going to teach our children and grandchildren the horrors of the Nazi regime? Well, I mean, you teach that in history class. You don't have to have, I wouldn't hang the flag up. Thanks for the call, Karen. I wouldn't hang the flag up no, in class. No, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't hang it on a, on a flagpole outside my home. I'm of German heritage. Yeah. yeah. But I think those items have a place in a collection of historical items. Not decoration I, in my home. No, I'm not going to hang it on my wall in my living room. But if we destroy every reference, it's the same as tearing down all statues in every town. Yeah, not a fan of that idea. Thanks for the call, Karen. Um, just to kind of put a ribbon on the on conversation. Look, these are deep issues. Mm -hmm. This started with an antique store. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's one of many things we talk about. The fact that race is an issue in this country. If you don't think it's an issue, I think you're missing some of the stories of, that happen every day. You're missing some of the vital things that tear us apart. I think you're being an ostrich. I think you got your head in the sand because it's a difficult situation and it's uncomfortable for you to talk That's about. That's the key word. It's uncomfortable. So therefore, just say, it's no nothing to see nothing here. Nothing to see here. I started at the beginning. Racism or nothing to see here? Sounds like a lot of folks say, nothing to see here. The news is next on WTMG. It's Monday, the most fun day of the week, right? Ah, boy, here we go. The best day of the week. Uh, no. Uh, no. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Joining Steve Scafidi, it's radio legend herself, Carol Kane. Now, if I had a piece of their bread, I would smear the mayonnaise all over it and just eat that. I'd have a mayonnaise sandwich. What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> well, I know you're going to. Of course, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so what do I care? <laughs> hey, do your own thing. You do you, Carol. I Hey, we agreed on something. How about that? Yeah. At 10.53, Stephen Carroll finally agreed on something. Now broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. This is time to party. Here's Stephen Carroll. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We agree, actually, more often than not. Yeah, I think we do, too. Because according to the text, we're just two white old people. 
Well, I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> I'm disagreeing. I I mean, but I would I would say it, we're maybe two old, reasonable white people trying to understand and try and you know bringing the sides together. I don't make the don't make me irrelevant just because I'm old and and white. That's not the point. The the interesting thing about doing a radio show and you've. You've done it for a long time and did it for a long time. Is yeah. that these are the things that I, you get a sense of where people are at. That's what I love. That's why I love some of these topics. I know that we're not all going to agree on it. Well, when was the last time we all agreed on something in this country? No, it's been a it's, while. It's going to. I just think going back to what one of our phone callers said, I just think that there's a much more profitable way for this young woman to use her time to educate us as to what this stuff is. History can be taught in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Right? The displaying of outright racist depictions of black Americans, African Americans, whatever term you want to use, is probably not the, the most helpful. Does it mean we don't talk about slavery? No, we should talk about it. Yeah. It's part of our history. Right. Part of our nation's founding. You have to understand what was going on in the South during that time. And and by that understanding, you will shed an awful lot of light on how some people feel right now. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand what's wrong with that. Yeah. And I don't think there's any... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, but I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the owners of this building to meander their way through and... See what you, you know, got? Ex- yeah, excise your right as the owner of the building. Yeah, and, and sort of a dispassionate, well, that's what the vendors do. You're the owner of the building. You're, it's your business. Yeah. I think a little policing, a little maybe public accountability or at least an explanation is not an unreasonable request. Okay, yeah. so that's an argument worth having. This next one, and it's the sub- subject of one of my two show posts today. I went I went double double time on him. They were working. Yes. Well, I had some time this morning. Okay. So this one has to do with the Milwaukee Public Museum. We know that it's now going to move at some point. They're saying 2026. Sure. It's 2023, and and this has now become a major conservative talking point in the state about how much money it's going to cost, which is a good argument to have. I'm not saying it's not. But, oh, my God, they're not taking streets of old Milwaukee completely intact to the new place. And the the folks at the Milwaukee Public Museum saying, we can't do that. It's, it's a, it's, you can't just pick it up and move it. It's not like an object of... Can't you uh, recreate it? That makes me sad. That was one of my favorite spots. That's why I want to talk about this. So this has become a huge controversy. So they're they're not going to move some of the old stuff to the new... Some of it will still be... We'll still have our European history. Sure, okay. It'll probably be a broader history because, you know, things change over time. But there's a lot of negative reaction to the streets of old Milwaukee not moving intact to the new place. Well, it's kind of hard because it's streets, actually. It's like that one little thing. Yeah, but... Okay. So I asked it this way. What's your reaction to the move? Disappointed, 31%. I already got 200 votes, so well done, all of you. Wait and see, open mind, 43%. Excited, change is good, which is where I fall, 22% with some comments. I have zero problem with not taking the entire streets of Old Milwaukee and sticking in a new place. Because change is inevitable. And as I said last week over and over again on a number of topics... We have an issue with change in this state. We are stuck oh, in the mud. Yeah, no, it's we're stubborn. We are stubborn, and we resist change like crazy. But I'm kind of in the, the second 
grouping where it's like wait, wait and, and see. see. Yeah, which, yeah is, I, which is the leader in the poll right now. I, I, but I, it does make me sad. I would think that they could be able. You know what? I got an idea. You don't have to recreate it exactly like it looks like right now, but you could do some streets of old Milwaukee. Uh, maybe just change it up a little bit. Do it a little different. So they're going to have some different um, reveals coming up in the near future about what the new exhibits and galleries will look like. I understand this is controversial because, again, we don't like change. Yes. How, but I'll, I always ask this question when, I, when we're talking about museums or the domes or really any fixture in Milwaukee or Wisconsin. When was the last time you were there? It's been a while. Yeah, I was there two years ago. It's been a while. With my grandson, and he loved it. Yeah, I uh, I went to the. Um, <laughs> God, I can't, it's been so long. I can't even tell you where we sat and watched the stars and yeah, um, and the domes. Wow, I'll bet you it's been twenty five years since I've been twenty to the for domes. me. I think they're interesting, but it, it doesn't. There's no pull for me to go to the domes tomorrow or this week to go see what's going on there. No, not at all. So, I, so that's our starting point. Two things, really. One, why are we so resistant to change in this state? Anything that changes, we lose our minds. Well, just uh, talking about what we were just talking about last hour, look at that. We've got people who are so resistant to change. It's t- I, it's scary for people. For some reason, change is bad and change is scary. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be at all. And sometimes just leaving the status quo is really stupid. So oh, I can't the, use that word. Sorry, I'm not supposed to use that word. Yeah, but that's, wait that's a minute. What, it's on the list now. Okay. And, well. and I, look, people that have heard my first hour will hear in the third hour, I'm not a fan of scrubbing words from the language. Yeah. No, it's stupid. <laughs> no, you were asking about streets of old Milwaukee. Yes. So on April 14th, they're going to reveal, it's called Milwaukee Revealed. And that this is kind of a step-by-step kind of look at what the new museum is going to be like. Milwaukee Revealed will immerse visitors in city streetscapes that can explore to learn about the history of Milwaukee, the people who came to settle and live here, and its interconnected systems, neighborhoods, ecologies, and where future generations of children can shop for a sweet treat. Doesn't it sound like streets of old Milwaukee? But in a different way. Sure. That's what I'm saying. You can do it. You just change it up a little bit. Uh, to tell you the truth, I'd be kind of disappointed if it looked exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to just move everything can, and stick it in the same place. Can't we? Don't we have any imagination whatsoever that we. Milwaukee has morphed into such a beautiful, wonderful city. Let's celebrate the morphing of this place. Now, don't confuse what I'm saying. I think we have to pay special attention to any public dollars that go to this. Well, sure. But there's a growing number of people that are angry on Facebook and Twitter that any public money is going to this. And to those people, I would say, you know, we have to have some cultural landmarks in our city. That's why people want to come here. That's where where kids go to learn about history that we were just talking about. Everything can't be sports. Exactly. I mean, everybody focuses on our major, and we're very proud of them. We're very proud of them. You and I had this conversation before the show. When people think of Milwaukee, Beer, brats, and cheese. Exactly. That's great. And I like all three of those things. Sure. In moderation. Yeah. I don't want that to be the only thing that people know this town for. I have said, and we had this conversation, like you said, off the air. And I have said to you multiple times, I have interviewed 
major comedians, major rock stars, and they're here for the very first time, and that's all they have in their head is beer, brats, and cheese. And inevitably, 100% of the time, when they're ready to leave this city, they go, this is a really cool place. I'm going to leave you with a zinger because you've got to get the break and we're late for break. So all of this tradition, all of this, we can't change anything. Mm-hmm. Except when people get old enough to retire. They don't stick around. They get the hell out as soon as they can. Arizona, Texas, Florida. Where's all that? I love this state so much. I love tradition. Well, you know what? It becomes more selfish at that point. Milwaukee Public Museum, they're moving by 2026. And, oh, my goodness, they may not take the streets of old Milwaukee intact to the new place. Although the new one sounds remarkably like the old one. Yeah, they're going to address our historical value at some point. Yeah. What is a museum if not history? Well, yeah, that's... Here's another thing. Yes. Because I'm on a roll right now. Mm-hmm. How I view things, I understand, is not the same way that someone's 30 views things. Shouldn't a museum represent both the 30-year-old and the 60-year-old? Yes. I would think so. Yeah. I. You have to do something to make it attractive for... Outside of somebody just having kids and wanting yeah. to take them. You have to make it attractive for them. And on that point, even for little kids, they have to do... You got to keep them busy. Well, it's it can't just be a field trip moment. You you know, we used to t- love taking our kids down there. We belonged to the museum. We had the pe- membership, and we'd go and, and and what we did was you can't tackle the whole thing at once. So you go once and you look at a section, and then by the time they get sick of looking at the racing buffaloes, then they want to go home and have something to eat. Then you bring them back another day. And I'm and I'm not going to implement this as a requirement, but if you if you're going to have a thought on the museum, tell me the last time you were there. I, I it better had, not be 30 years ago. No, I, it was a while ago for me. i got to be honest with you. From the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620, from the 920, I wonder if your poll addresses age, because I have to wonder if the people who are speaking out about wanting the old streets of Milwaukee to remain the same are those that have that comfort feeling from the one time they went there five years ago or when they went as a kid. Change is good, and now it's time for a new era to come in and for the younger generation to get in there and make new memories, and maybe they can re- represent it with museum-style artifacts from the old streets of Milwaukee in the museum, still represented in the new facilities. You yeah. know what? That's a great idea. I'd buy that bench that's sitting in front of the drugstore. Sure. And yeah, as long as... Listen, I don't care what you do with it. I'll probably enjoy it no matter what, but I want to get those dots on that piece of paper. I want my penny candy. <laughs> Now, there was a time, historically, when I was a kid, you could go into the candy store and buy candy in there. You can't, it's closed now. It's yeah. just a store. Right. And you could buy fake um, Confederate dollars, speaking of the Confederate story. Sure. Um, and then early U.S. money, you could buy a fake newspaper from mm-hmm. the from the era. That was kind of the cool interactive. So your, your mom or dad or whoever would always give you like five bucks to go to the museum and buy some funky it's stuff. It's always fun. Yes, that's part of the experience. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gail from Wauwatosa. Carol, I love how you keep Steve in line. Okay. <laughs> no comments. Love you both. And in a good mood, just like fixing his breathing triangle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she, Gail tied it all together. See, she's That's got a loyal it. listener. She's listening. That a girl. Uh, for the 262, I haven't heard if they're going to continue with the Butterfly Exhibit Planetarium IMAX Theater, which I'd really miss if not maintained somewhere. That was super cool. See, the butterfly thing gives me creeps. Oh, I thought it was really I, cool. I like butterflies. I understand the need for them. You don't want to land it on, on me. Okay. What are the, the, creepy. They, did, you, did you see Silence of the Lambs, that big moth or whatever that thing was? 
But these are butterflies, and they're beautiful. And I thought it was very cool that you could put your hand out in a butterfly. I don't want a butterfly on me. Maybe that's just me. You're weird. <laughs> weird. Ten twenty three. Carol calls Steve weird. We'll have to put come that, on. We'll who's put afraid of butterflies? I'm not afraid of them. I don't like them. I like them to watch them. What I don't have they ever them. done to you? Nothing. They're a wonderful insect, but I like to watch them. I don't want them on me. It's like mice. I understand the need for mice. They yeah. do a lot of important things in our in our. Nature. I don't want. I've got field mice that have been invading, and I don't like them for doing that. Yes. But I, I used to have. I used to have a pet gerbil, kind of like a mouse, a rodent. And Let then, it like wander around the house. No, no, no. But I used to take him out and play. His name was Chester. Yeah, I used that, to that's take not me. I don't like that kind of stuff. That's just me, though. Okay. I'm I'm willing to let you have that pleasure. Okay. <laughs> don't be putting that gerbil on me. I don't. <laughs> I don't want that gerbil. Chester. Mice. Get it right. His name was Chester. Uh, let's see, Mary. I'm a, I'm afraid of hurting the butterflies. That's another thing too. I, like the kids are like manhandling them sometimes. Well, you have to be careful because the dust on the wings. You know, you don't want to disable them. But I thought that was a very cool. I'm open for anything new. I, you know what? I used to love going to Discovery World when they had the fish in the big tank. Mm-hmm. I stand there for hours. From the 414, I'm 37 and going to Food and Froth this weekend at the museum. Oh, that's fun. Big events. I am so excited to see the old streets of Milwaukee. Maybe it's an AIDS childhood thing. Also, have to hit the button by the snakes, which everybody did, right? Sure. But food and Froth? Yeah, Food and Froth. I gotta look that up. That sounds like fun. I'll look it up and have the have the uh, event coordinator on the show. That sounds like it does sound like fun. I like look. I love the museum. Yeah, Cur- current version. I love it. I'm I'm also excited about what might be in the new museum. Yeah, it's on. It, you know, it's on that weird corner. So I I'm really excited to see what they do with it, and I'm sure it'll be wonderful. I mean, look at the stuff that's been happening throughout the city. Look at all the cool buildings that are going up. Look at all the cool things that you got. Food and froth. You've got the sip and this uh, down. I think it's on the east side where you can walk around and sip wine and take a look at all. You know that kind of stuff does nothing but increase our image from beer brats. And yeah, I mean, one of our items that we were going to talk about today is kind of sort of related to this unwillingness to get out of these old habits. I got beat up last week because I, I questioned the fish fry. Oh, I oh, bet you did. Goodness. Oh, my. It's like... I'll bet you did. What, do you, what did you... It's well, like you're breaking the religion, dude. The archbishop... Yeah? ...said that you could have meat this Friday. Oh, on Friday? Because it's St. Patrick's Day. And I'm like, okay, so the rule is the rule, except when it's St. Patrick's Day. Ah, forget about the rules. And I got beat up for that. Well, that seems kind of weird. If you're going to have the rule, you got to stick with the you rule. Stick with the rule, right? Yeah, I, I would trust think me. So. I know there's a lot of Catholics who, like me, that don't follow the meatless Friday thing. Well, then wait until Saturday for your corned beef. That's what I'm doing. Have your cabbage and your potatoes on Friday with a piece of fish, and then have your corned beef sandwich on Saturday. See, there, here, solved. Here's how things get twisted. Texter, how okay. does Steve maintain a one-acre garden with this apparent phobia of insects? I'm not. I'm not afraid of insects. I don't want them landing on me. Big butterflies. I don't want them landing on me. You know, Brandon, you got to dress up as a butterfly for Halloween. Cause I'm Brandon's still waiting big... for him to put his bear's hat on because he lost that bet. We'll wait for that forever. Oh, yeah, he's that supposed to happened. do that? You haven't yeah. done that no, yet? No, of course not. No. I think that's got to happen, dude. What do they call people that don't honor bets? Welchers. Welchers. Mm-hmm. Bring the hat. I don't have a bear's hat. Oh, so I got to buy this. I have to actually go buy a bear's hat so he can wear one. 
I'm sure there's somebody. In this I'll office go buy the bear's hat if this will get you two to get along. We'll make them wear a bear's hats and a butterfly costume at the same time. That's the punishment for not honoring that bet. Quick break. You guys are rocking it today. Great calls, great texts. We'll continue the conversation after the news with uh, our friend Dave Spano, CEO and president of Annex Wealth Management. Yes, we will. Always a lot to talk about with Dave. Yeah, and I have a very, I know sometimes I get a little specific, but I have a very specific question for him. So get ready, Dave. All right, speaking of specific. All right, hear that song. You know, it's time for our weekly conversation with the man, Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, the place for financial planning. That's mm-hmm. not the slogan. I just made that up. Okay. Hi, Dave. Top, top of top of mind. Hi, Dave. We are. Hi, guys. We are Danny and I, before the mic went up, we're talking about Springsteen tomorrow night. I'll be there. And the the bomb scare. 19, oh, uh, sure. mid 1970s. Long and I had time a friend, ago. yeah, I had a friend who was there. And uh, for those of you who don't remember that story, he was uh, he was playing at the Uptown Theater, and there was a bomb scare, and they had to clear the theater, and everyone left. They went to local bars. Springsteen and his band went down to the Fister, and they got absolutely blotto. <laughs> and the bartender said, "Are you guys loose?" And so he, <laughs> you may hear that tomorrow night. Are you loose? I hope he. Uh, are you going yeah. to the concert? Oh, for sure. Uh, well, maybe yeah. I'll see you out there. We have good seats, yeah. so I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen him in probably 20 years. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, he brings a lot of energy, even uh, at 70 years old. And sure. I'll, ta- I'll, talk about on, yeah, I'll talk about it on the show Wednesday. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question, Dave, because so much about when people invest their money, they like to see that money grow, right? That's what financial planning is about. That's working with clients. But I saw this in, uh, in uh, online, and, and I thought, this actually makes sense, and this is what, my, what some people might be thinking. This is a challenge for the markets. When you have... Other ways, like six months treasury bills, to make, oh, I don't know, 5% on your money, that competition, does that threaten the power of the markets? Yep, no question about it. And in fact, we think people should consider that. We've been, we've been talking to our clients. We've been talking on uh, on the air about there's an opportunity. I mean, if you open up the newspaper this weekend, uh, there was just it was I don't want to use the word litters, but there was a lot of ads out there about four and a half and five percent uh, at, at, in for money markets and CDs, and that is a great thing for savers because for decade, fifteen years, they didn't have that opportunity. You go to a bank and you say, "I want to buy a CD," and it began with a decimal point, not a whole number. And now you can get a number that's 4 or 5%. Now, inflation is still higher than that, so it's still a negative real rate of return. But we saw this back, speaking of the late 70s and early 80s, you'll remember that you could get a rate that was 10% in a CD. Now, mm-hmm. inflation was up. When you buy that and you hold on to that and effectively inflation starts to retract, then you get a real rate of return. So there is, it's a nice, it's a nice place to go. But to your point, does it attract capital away from the markets? Yeah, there used to be this thing called. We used to joke about it called Tina, my Italian cousin. There is no alternative. There was no alternative because you couldn't put the money in fixed income or bonds because you didn't get paid. Right. But now there is an alternative. There's a reasonable alternative, Terra. And therefore, you can put money in other places other than the stock market and get a reasonable rate of return. So yes, there will be competition from capital, and you're starting to see that. That doesn't change, guys, though. If you're going to buy individual names, for example, if a company sells more stuff, right, that's net, that's that's their revenues, and then makes more money, their net income, there's still a reasonable place to go. And there's a lot of companies out there that are still reasonable places to invest. 
All right, so we've talked in the past few months about uncertainty. We don't know what the Fed's going to do. We don't certain. Well, we sort of do. They, they, they sort of signal that. But the uncertainty of investing, the uncertainty for the country when it comes to the economy, inflation, recession, do we have any better idea now than we did, let's say, in January about where this is going? Yeah, so you, there's there's two ways to look at it. There's one is in the short term. In the short term, there's a lot. There's going to be volatility. We do not know what the Fed is going to do. They've put this arbitrary target of 2% as their inflation target when we're still we're realizing that we may have had peak inflation, but it's still sticky, and it's sticky for a lot of reasons. You've got globalization. You've got a generation issue. You've got you know baby boomers have retired. You have a jobs mismatch, all of that. And, of course, green energy. All of that means that it's probably going to be stickier and above the target. So we don't know. We don't know what they're going to do. I hope that they do not make another policy mistake and continue to raise rates 7% or whatever, some crazy number. At some point, they're going to have to say maybe our 2% target is, is not reasonable in the short term. So we don't know. But in the longer term, you can go back and look at these charts. And going all the way back to the you know in the 1920s, we've had we've had you know major issues. We've had world wars. We have had many wars. We've had you know terrorist attacks and so on and so forth. And the market heads in in the upward left corner all of the time. So you look at that and say, where do we go from here? In the short term, you're going to have volatility, but in the longer term, there are certainly places to go. But you know, get ready for some volatility and don't conflate volatility with risk because there is a difference okay dave as as a lot of our audience gets ready and is gearing up for retirement one major concern coming down the pike at least it is for me is health care and planning for health care expenses so what kind of tools are out there to help saving for health care more efficient yeah, there, there's lots of, you know, when you get to 65, uh, there are things you can, you can do, of course, going to, to Medicare. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that, that is out there are, are health savings accounts and, and, and continuing to put uh, money into HSAs. Before that, of course, there are additional, um, there's a plan B over and above that. But, you know, what's funny, I saw a report, uh, this, this, in fact, it was this morning, Carol, that, you know, we saw all of the spending that continues to happen. And it showed where the spending was. Uh, there was increases, and they were in two uh, uh, specific areas. The traditionalists—that is the the area, that's the group, the demographic demographic above the baby boomers and the baby boomers. That is where we saw a number. I mean, continuing of spending of credit card expansion. So that means that there are still there's spending that's happening. Uh, in other generations, and they're not, it's not happening in the younger generations. And so that is one thing that you're saying, where is that money going? Maybe it's they're starting to travel. Maybe they're coming out of the pandemic and saying this enough's enough. Maybe they're going out to restaurants. I mean, if you traveled downtown this past weekend, you saw that. So there is still spending that is happening. But to your question, there are a lot of tools that out there, HSAs, Medicare, working with a financial planner is really important. And, Carol, I would say this. You know, when we work with our clients, I realized a long time ago that I don't have all of the answers. And therefore, we've put together a team. We have 150 employees on our team that are availed to the people that come through the door. And that means estate planning lawyers are on staff, CPAs, MBAs, we have PhDs, we have all of these people that are really smart folks, and we have a team of financial planners who are just working in this area that are experts, and that is the difference between working with a a guy and a, you know everyone air quotes I got a guy 
that in a full-scale wealth management team with a team of interdisciplinary uh, experts, and that is really important. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management joining us on WTMJ. Dave, I know that tax planning is a year-round process, but we have the date looming. This year it's April 18th. Uh, for the folks who are starting to think about that, they've got their folder, their file with all their forms, their income from last year. Is there is there a right way to approach from an individual perspective, maybe someone doesn't even have a financial planner, on how to organize that stuff so that at the minimum you're ready for when you have to file your, your taxes? Well, you could do what uh, some folks do and bring that red Sendex bag just filled up to the top <laughs> with receipts hanging over the top, and they drop it on our tax planners and go, here you go. That is not the best way to do it, but uh, in all due respect to our friends uh, at Sendex, but that is really, there's there's a way to do it, and it's to collect it uh, over over the year. You know, a lot of the financial statements that you get have are organized together, so there is a, a good tax planner, a good tax advisor will send you in order organizer and in that organizer will ask you questions and he'll tell you what to collect and so when you bring that organizer to the financial advisor I'm sorry to the tax advisor they have it organized they have the questions answered and they and they know where to find the information but it really starts even if you're not working with them, with them there are there are organizers that you can just google and find them but that is that is the answer to that question any big changes this year from last year uh, in taxes, yeah. Well, it's it's really what's coming down the road. You know that we've got this budget proposal that's coming. You know, with the debt ceiling, and in this proposal from uh, from uh, Biden's office, you're going. They're talking about tax increases, corporate tax increases, double taxation of foreign source profits, unrealized capital gains, wealth. You know, we'll see what we'll see what it really gets in that plan. But there's a lot of stuff that's coming down the road that we're going to have to look at. Okay, I'm going to blow a little smoke, Dave, just so you know. Oh, boy. I am All so, right. no, I'm so grateful that there are guys like you that are out there ready, willing to help because you're so, my brain just does not work this way. So the fact that we've got people that are very interested in this kind of stuff and can take our hand and guide us is a blessing. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Carolyn. Again, you know, a guy, and, and I want to make sure that because I realized a long time ago, 35 years ago, that I don't have all the answers. That you should affiliate whoever your guy is. Your guy should have a lot of people behind them uh, that are experienced and ethical and do, are doing the right things as a fee only fiduciary. That's really important. And another thing you, you realized a long time ago is surround yourself with smart people, and I met That's many right. of them. That's always a, a recipe for success. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, host of Money Talk, heard Saturday mornings at WTMJ. We'll, we'll talk to you next week, Dave. Bye, Dave. Yeah, I'll see, maybe I'll see you to, tomorrow night at Springsteen. All right, but, section, uh, 104, section 104. Section 104. <laughs> okay, see ya. <laughs> see you, Dave. Yeah, I'm going to be at Springsteen. How about huh? that? Well, you enjoy for the both of us. Well, you're not a Springsteen fan? Okay, this is not a popular opinion. No, I'm not. I know. Don't yell at me. Don't write me angry texts. I know everybody. I've seen him in concert. He's just not my, he's just not my cup of tea. I don't know why. Don't ask. I don't know. I just, it's just not my thing. All right. This is like a side thing on the show. I'm not going to spend any more time talking about it, but if you're going or if you're a fan of Springsteen, what's your favorite song? 855-616-1620. Mine is Bobby Jean, which is not one of his bigger songs. Um, uh, look it up or listen to it. Bobby Jean. Okay. All right. I yeah, will. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, like a couple, a text. I like a couple of them. I like a couple of his songs, but, you know, I had Cadillac Ranch. I owned that. 
He used to play the heck out of that. He used that. to drive a big Cadillac, big pink Cadillac, right? And sound when you're in your big radio days. Oh yeah, <laughs> stone ice cream Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brandon is getting a little. His his eyebrow is furrowed because I'm not getting to break yet. We'll get the break. See the furrowing of the eyebrows there? He's just disagreed with you. He would never lash out at you. You know that. That's my game. The other day, I asked him to do something. He completely ignored it. <laughs> you know what could happen in those situations? Well, you must have done something egregious if he's ignoring you because he's a really nice guy. Simple request. That's all. Simple request. What, shine your shoes? No, what? Come on. <laughs> Quick break on WTMJ. <laughs> I actually get emotional when I hear this song, and I never knew a Bobby G. I, I don't know, just something about it. I never knew a Bobby Jean in my life. A Bobby, well, I do know a Bobby, but not a Gene. Okay. And certainly not in combination. But I, so this stirs something it's in you? It's the tempo, it's the message, it's something. You know, I think this Bring is it up a, a little bit. Bring it up again. A little bit. There we go. All right. Doesn't it tug at you a little bit? No. <laughs> it doesn't. Are you serious? <laughs> okay, here's here's my thing. <laughs> All right, I take back the nice guy. Hey, I think, I, I, and I'm a huge Steven Tyler Aerosmith fan, so this may sound funny coming yes. from me. He's not even close to the Italian. It just seems friendship. like he's growling and yelling at me all the time. What is wrong with you? I'm. Uh, it's okay for me not to be a huge Springsteen fan. It's okay. Do you hate rainbows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate butterflies. <laughs> I don't. Again, it's listening just, is a skill, right? Where's, right. My, where's my mug? Well, they, I know. They, uh, going back to Springsteen, too, he's way past his four hour, five hour things. I mean, he's plays like maybe a couple hours. It's going to be a great show. I'll report back on I Wednesday. hope you enjoy it. I do. I will think of you tomorrow night and I'll be watching something on Netflix. <laughs> a lot of people love Rosalita. Sure, okay. Born I to mean, run. I, I know Jungle all these Man. I oh. know all these songs. It's just that he's I'm just not a huge fan. There. Okay. Go ahead. Be a hater. Okay, because I am accommodating of other pe- people's opinions for the most part, I'm gonna require you to be a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a prerequisite I, I, for being okay. on the pro. You're going to have to be a big fan of Springsteen. Okay. I may have to have it. You wear a shirt at some point. Springsteen shirt. I'll wear a shirt. That's fine. Okay. Right. I don't. It's fine with me. You want me to wear a Springsteen shirt? I'll wear. I think it. we've worked through some issues here. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right. Now I've heard there's a nice giveaway this week. Please tell me it's not Springsteen tickets. No, that would be that, okay. would, that would be a nice giveaway. Okay, no, what's the giveaway? I'm not telling you. What it, I'm not going to tell you yet, but we will do that sometime in the next hour and seven minutes. Okay. So stay tuned. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Somebody calling. So maybe this is a Springsteen caller. We'll, we'll find out after the break because we are late for break. Again, eyebrows furrowed there in the producer room. Okay. Quick break on WTMJ. Carol, a lot of people agree with you on the Springsteen thing. I can tell you this has got a lot of fans. They're going to be out in force. At the Pfizer Forum. I, I, you know what? I think you either absolutely love him or you're indifferent to him. And I'm in the indifferent camp. I, I, but I know a lot of people that are all in when it comes to Springsteen. You know anybody that's going to the concert, personally? No, I do not. I know a ton of people that are going. 
Well, the Pfizer Forum is going to be full for it's sure. It's going to be full. How, when did you buy your tickets? Oof, January. Oh, you were able to get tickets in January? I think so. Well, that's when they went, whenever they went on sale. That's when I bought them the day they went on sale. Oh, okay. All Actually, right. my wife did all the work. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm sure she did. This is just a quick one because we only got like a minute. So did you... Um, did I what? Are you appreciating the weather? That, this to me is like one of the best winners ever in my perspective. Um, well, I, you know, I can't, I can't complain in the fact that we got the two big snowstorms because I, I love the snow. I don't mind it when it snows. If I'm locked in the house, I'm having a good time. I'm not crazy about shoveling as you have heard, but that's because I've been left to my own devices on that. But I love, it's been warmer. I, yeah, it's okay. It's kind of, but with me, with my dogs, when it's kind of mucky like this, it they. Trample. How do you clean up after those suckers it, are outside? See, they track all that stuff in, oh. and you have to you have to scrub it down, and that it's a little bit more work for me, which I uh, try to avoid as much as possible. You're not like a down on your hands and knees scrubbing the floor. I have, wow. but I also have a wet Swiffer. That's probably the way to go. Yeah, but you they just track- pave your entire yard, then you wouldn't have to worry about it. I have an acre lot. Yeah. I'm not going to do it's the a lot of concrete. Thing. Yeah, no. I like <laughs> no. I like the when it's green and it's beautiful. I love it. Now, do you save up the um, the poop or do you do it like as it goes? Like some people save, they they collect it all at the same time. No, I don't. In fact, sometimes I just kind of let it melt away, and my grass is gorgeously green in the back. Nature's fertilizer. I, I think it's great fertilizer. Yeah. Isn't it kind of spotty, though, <laughs> certain spots? To tell you the truth, no, not really, because each one of them has their own. They go all over the place, and they're pretty good-sized dogs. They're 80 pounds. All right, we got a lot. We're not even getting to the meat of our show yet. We're just getting warmed up, and it's we only have an hour left. Well, whose fault is that? That's probably my fault, but it's been fun <laughs> conversing with all of you. You can continue that conversation after the news, which is next right here on WTMJ. It's Monday, the most fun day of the week, right? Ah, boy, here we go. The best day of the week. Uh, no. Uh, no. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Joining Steve Scafidi, it's radio legend herself, Carol Kay. Now, if I had a piece of their bread, I would smear the mayonnaise all over it and just eat that. I'd have a mayonnaise sandwich. What's wrong with you? (laughs) That's crazy talk. <laughs> well, I know you're going to. Of course, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so what do I care? <laughs> hey, do your own thing. You do you, Carol. I... Hey, we agreed on something. How about that? Yeah. At 10.53, Stephen Carroll finally agreed on something. Now broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. This is time to party. Here's Stephen Carroll. Happy Monday, everybody. Steve and Carol Kane, Radio Legend. I, I, I created two show posts today. I don't often do that, Carol, but... I was watching a lot of the CPAC coverage, the conservative event. Yeah, yeah. Garnered a lot of attention. Yeah. Trump was the sort of the keynote speaker. And yeah. just, just an aside, he's oranger and, and the hair is even more pronounced. Than, I don't know what he's doing. I wonder what the prep time is for all that stuff. I... Anyway, so I don't want to get into a, a, a heavy political conversation. I'm just, I'm, I want to take the pulse. Okay. So, you know, we're starting to ramp up. Whether we are. Whether it, you realize it or not, for the 2024 race. Right. It's going to be, I mean, we know he's going to, he's running. He's already made that very clear, but he's not going to get the nomination. So just stop and relax. 
Well, I, I actually disagree. I think he might get the nomination, but he's gonna he would lose horrifically if he got the nomination. But so I'm gonna ask you, our faithful listeners and those of the of you who are active on Twitter in this case, because that's where my show poll resides at six twenty WTMJ or at WTMJ Steve. If you were voting today, yes, who would get your vote? Trump? No. Five point three percent. Okay. So <laughs> I already got like almost three hundred votes. DeSantis, 26%. Biden, 41%. Anybody else, 27%. I'm kind of in that last category. Anybody else, yeah. I, I I'm, just... I'm intrigued by the results because, um, it, you know, obviously this is unscientific. Well, of course. It's just uh, something you throw out and people vote and do, you know. I, I just don't... I'm wondering sometimes if Biden is just because he's the known guy. Sure. And we know what he's been up to, and we know what he's planning on doing. It goes back to that no change thing. But I, once again, am going into the camp of I don't want another old white guy. I think there's a lot of people that say that. I don't want another old white guy. There's got to be somebody. Brandon, let's get Brandon in there. He's, well, he's not old enough yet. He doesn't yet. have the time. The but, guy's no, he's, he's very busy. He's doing like 18 jobs right now. But I just, you know, I... I watched this comedy special, and the the comedian said, if there's a beginning age, if there's an age limit in the beginning, there should be one at the end. And 70, 75 is as high as we should go. I don't want another old white guy. Of course, someone that I voted for in the past, right, and Nikki Haley has advocated for a, a cognitive test for anyone over 75. I don't have a problem with that. Do and you that, have a problem with that? Not necessarily, but no. I, and I, I would I would hope that a presidential candidate is up to snuff on any test we would give them. That's right? just the natural aging process. We lose a little bit as we get older and older and older. And you know, people like to make uh, make fun of Joe Biden sometimes because he's <laughs> literally does things that are, are laughable. Sometimes I'm not sure he knows where he is. Sometimes. To be honest, Donald Trump's almost as old as he as he is. I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I, I, once again, anybody else? I'm in the category number four. So I'm not going to ask you who you vote for. I, we just we did it because it's anonymous on our on our show poll. But in, in the terms of the listening audience, I wonder how many people are actually at this moment have they worked through the the logic of okay, so if it's not Trump or Biden, who is it? I don't know. This now, obviously, is what, that's why we have primaries. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that a lot of people, a lot of voters, are just completely disenfranchised with the process overall, just because of the fact that we just don't seem to get anything. And there's no change. There's nothing that anybody ever does once they say they they say they give us the chin boogie to get elected, and then they get into office and they don't do anything. See, here's the reality of politics, and I'll baseline it for everybody, and, and I'm unique in this one because that's not how most people that do shows like this talk. Because we've, we've allowed the, the opinion voices to basically say whatever the other side proposes is evil and wrong and the worst thing for the country, right? So whether you're the left-leaning media saying that about the right or the opposite, mm-hmm. that's why we're here, mm-hmm. because you get the most extreme of candidates. So that, that's probably not going to change. Now, whether Donald Trump is the guy or Ron DeSantis, a great text from the 414, I voted for Trump the last two times. My perfect Republican ticket this time to go against whoever's going to be the Democratic nomination would be Ron DeSantis as president, Nikki Haley as, as, as vice president. 
Okay. I would not be shocked if that's what the ticket is. I wouldn't be surprised at all either. No. And to be fully honest, that's probably who I would vote for in the current climate. I have to do a little bit more investigating. If that's what the ticket turns out to be, I'd have to do a little bit more investigating. And at the very, at the very least, what I have to do is really pay serious attention to it and not just go in and vote one way or the other, just because there's an R or a D next to the name. Which, let's be honest, a lot of people do. A lot of people do that. Which I think is lazy voting, but you can you can certainly disagree with me if you'd like, 855-616-1620. What's intriguing to me about this, I would call Donald Trump a reality TV president. Okay. I, I, don't say, think... that, I say that because he was on a reality TV show, The Apprentice and Celebrity Apprentice. Sure. So that's why I base that moniker on, on his TV history. I don't want to see, and this is the thing that I causes me consternation as somebody who talks about politics on occasion. I don't want to see this era be the rise of reality TV stars, or even in the case of some of the current politicians, electeds who live their lives on camera, not as elected officials, with the dignity and the decorum that that office should have, mm-hmm. but, but as a reality TV star, challenging, screaming, protesting. We got too many of those to begin we with. We do. You know, the AOCs on one side, the you know, Lauren Boebert's on the other. Just two examples in the House. You know what? Pick, you can pick a Democrat and a Republican in the Senate if you'd like to. I just think it's, it's too much spent, time spent on the nonsense and not on the real stuff. And if we're really, really interested in things like border policy, economic policy, immigration, recession, that fear, cost of living, then we need someone who's serious about the job, who doesn't engage in muckraking just to say controversial things. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I, I, in all honesty, I think whoever gets my vote is going to be the one person that at least is saying to the other side, let's work together. I'm willing to listen to you if you're willing to listen to me. There. Okay, you get my vote, because at least you're trying. You know, I just get tired. I get tired of this political football, and we are, we're the football. We are back and forth. We're kicked back and forth and back and forth, and nothing is ever done. And I'm sick of being the political football. You nailed it at kick. They're, they kick us around like we're garbage. Yeah. No, I, uh, I take it upon myself to go and vote every single time. I either go into the polling place or I get my absentee ballot and I make sure that I do what I'm supposed to do. Now you do what you're supposed to do. And let me give you an example of some of the, the flip-flopping that happens. There, wasn't, there was a time not that long ago when, when many Republicans and conservatives were saying, early voting, mail-in voting, hate it, don't do it. Now we have a president, Donald Trump, who advocates for that. He did on the stage. At yeah. So that shows you how much flip-flopping is going on. Democrats do it, too. Democrats on the border, my goodness, they've taken both positions over the last 20 yep, years. It's, been a, it's actually it been a mess. Relax it. Yeah. So how are we supposed to trust any of these individuals? You got me. I don't know. But again, that comes down to us as our vote. I, I didn't want to spend a ton of time on this. I can tell you Ron DeSantis is getting a lot of love, which doesn't surprise me at all. What's he, he at right now? Uh, let's see. Current numbers, uh, 27%. So okay. not that far away from Joe Biden. But the thing that's interesting is the anybody else is also at 27%. So it's kind of fascinating. I'm not surprised by the Trump numbers. Even diehard Trump voters that I know, and I, I know a lot of them personally. Yeah, I do they're too. They're like, eh, 
we've seen that act. I think he's disenfranchised a bunch of people just with his behavior. I was it was interesting. I was driving. Um, Lou and I were out running an errand on Saturday, and sure enough, right out in some one of the rural, more rural areas, here's this huge sign. You know, Brandon. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, I blame that on my producer. Mm-hmm. Why? Let's go, Brandon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick break. Stephen Carroll, WTMJ. All right, this one is an interesting giveaway this week. Okay. Patty LaBelle. That'd be a great show. Beautiful. She's doing, doing a make good? Yeah, because, of course, you had that, that, uh, that shortened concert due to a uh, bomb threat that was called in. Classic rhythm and blues, pop standards, spiritual sonnets have created the unique platform of versatility that she, she's known and revered for. Now is your time, this time, right now, 855-616-1620. pair of tickets to go see this legend at the Riverside Theater on May 20th. Oh, that'd be a great show. You can't go. Well, you couldn't go, but you can't get the free ticket. Okay. Because, well, you know what? That My anniversary's on the 24th, so that would be a nice little present for Paging us. Paging Lou. Yeah. Paging Lou. I, I I think that would be a really entertaining show. And I love her cooking show because she always does like classic Southern stuff. Caller number seven, by the way. Bruce, seven. Bruce Brandon's looking at me like, what number are we? Caller number seven. Okay. So that's a that's a cool. That wasn't that long ago either, right? When that concert was, it, was It was canceled. in the past year, wasn't it? Was it was in the wintertime, I think. Uh-huh. So kudos to her for saying, coming I'm back. coming back. Yeah, that's really nice of her to and do. And to the idiots who called in the bomb threat, what's wrong with you? I don't know. What are you doing? That's the stupid stuff that we have to talk about. You know, it's just like, this was your idea. This is what you were doing. Like some kind of weird protest. You're going to call in a bot. What the hell? There. You said it. <laughs> it's interesting that we talk about Springsteen because Dave Spano mentioned the bomb threat called in in the 70s. And this, right. was, this recent one was, you know, within the last six months. Don't be a knucklehead. Don't do it, Carol. Yeah, just don't do it. Yeah. So. Hopefully you planted the seed with Lou and he gets you the Patty LaBelle tickets. I'll talk to him about it. I'll talk <laughs> so you have to, to him bring about it up to him. He just wouldn't hear that. Yeah, I, I'll. Uh, he's not working today, so he'll Does be he at home to when the I get show there. When you're on, yeah. Okay, good. good. And he always comments like when I rip on him. Always, like he walk. I, I'll walk in the door. I go, really. What does he say about me? He thinks you're entertaining. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's the right he answer. Likes you. He that likes is the right you. answer. Yeah, he likes you very much. So um, he and he likes and he listens to the show, but he just sits there and he'll roll his eyes and just go really. Because he's heard it all before. He hears it every day. <laughs> God bless. God bless Lou. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. All right. So I, I want to do this for a little little bit of the show. Um, you and I were talking. We mentioned this earlier. This fixation in Milwaukee, especially beer. Oh, she's Rots yeah, and cheese, cheese, yeah. We're very listen. We we embrace our heritage. We're very happy with you know. We've got the Paps Mansion. We've got Miller Coors. We've got Usingers. We've got Clements. We've got the Gibbsville Cheese Factory, Sargento. So we're very proud of that. Yeah, but, no one's denying that. But uh, enough. We got to cut the cord. We just can't be hanging our... Uh, you I was going to say, hang, cut the cheese, but that makes no sense. That makes no sense. But, I mean, you just can't... There's so much more to this city than just exactly. that. I, I, it's just... I. So here's my question for the audience. And you. Okay. If it's not beer, cheese, or brats, or sausage... I should probably say sausage, because there's a lot of great sausage. Sure. What is it? 
What is it? So think about it during the break. Because we've got to take another break here. Okay. Right? Do we have to take another break? Yeah. Okay. Think about that. What okay. is it? Because I don't have an easy answer to that question. Okay. Let me think. I'll noodle it. 855-616-1620. What is, the, what is the thing that we would not, we would highlight in place of beer, sausage, and cheese? Okay. I think I have one. All right. Okay. I'm going to let you go first because I still don't have one. Okay. All right. But, I, but here's the thing. I want one. Okay. Because I don't like this fixation on those three things. They're, they're all great things. I'm a consumer of all. Love them all. Yep. Yep. Probably to my detriment. <laughs> probably a little bit more than yes. we need to. Yes. I know I'm, I eat more cheese than I probably should. But what's that other thing? Okay. After this. Before the break, I asked if it's not beer, cheese, and sausage, what would you like Milwaukee to be known for? Okay. So you said you you have one. I do. Um, I would uh, because, and I'm I'm saying this only because every every year the New York Times does a rundown of the best music festivals in the nation, and we never get any love. And I would say probably Summerfest or our entertainment uh, districts. Ding ding ding! Because I said entertainment, and it, it can include sports. Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee Brewers, yeah. um, the, the festivals and fairs. That's where a lot of the, the uh, taxers are on, the entertainment value. I think the summer experience here is amazing. It, it, it's so utterly amazing, it's impossible to keep up with it. You know, like all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, here it is. Or you, we've got a festival, oh, I missed that, or... Darn it, you know, they. this person was coming. And, I mean, even when you look at Turner Hall, Riverside, Pabst, you know, they, they those venues bring in huge names, big names and stuff. And even the Pfizer with the larger counts. And, the, and with the Pfizer with the bigger stuff. But and in addition to everything else, everything is really affordable. You know, like you want to go to Coachella, that's going to cost you. That's going to cost you a lot. Summerfest, not so much. So a lot of people focused on the lake on the text line. Fresh water. I mean, one of the largest fresh water sources in the country and certainly in the world as well, the Great Lakes. Well, I'm but not... That, is that... I, I, trust me, I appreciate that. But is that sexy? Are you going to sell that? No. No, I tell you when it will work, when the rest of the country is running out of water, then it's going to be really sexy to live in the, in the Midwest. Well, unless they can start building desalination plants out on the coast. Which so far they haven't. Which they won't. Um, I... I, I it's it's hard to make the lake. Now, I'm going to say this: it's hard to make the lake kind of sexy, but people don't realize how that it's like living on the ocean. You cannot see across Lake Michigan, and the people who uh, don't visit here don't understand that. And they, they get they get down to the beach and they go, "Wow!" What I, one of the things I always do when I have friends. Matter of fact, an old work buddy from many many years ago is coming is coming into town. His name's Dave, for a company I used to work for. And he and he says, let's let's meet. I would encourage Dave when he comes to town, if he's not already here, to go drive down the lakefront. Oh yeah. S- start at you know the the new building, the Couture is going up right across from the Summerfest grounds. Very pretty. Start there, go north. Yeah. All the way up, all the way to Capitol Drive and beyond. That's a pretty drive. It, you know what it is, and you can make you can take it all the way up into the Mequon area around the bluffs of Concordia and keep on going. It's it's spectacular. Bob from Waukesha, Midwest nice. Basically, it's 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 just the you know we're we're nice to people. We're we're generous. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I we're generous. It. We're we're kind. Okay. There's some of that. There is 
is some of that. I'm not going to deny that, but I don't know. That's not sexy either. Yeah, if, you know? Although if you turn on a radio station, sometimes you'll get the exact opposite of that. You just you have to have something that's got a little. It's got the sex appeal. Got the ex, You know the that stimulates some excitement. Midwest nice is not going to do it. Plus, I think Minnesota already branded that Minnesota nice. And, and is that the, they really dirty did little that? secret? They're not really? that nice. They're not that nice. Well, they follow the Vikings, so I guess that would make anybody hear oh, about it. There we go. There Woo! we go. That would make anybody crowded. All right. Just a work in progress, trying to get a sense of where you're at on the uh, the beer, cheese, and sausage debates. We can move on. Work to do. Work in progress. Yeah, we can move right. on. Speaking of work in progress, a little Aaron Rodgers conversation after the break. Okay. Still getting some responses, Carol, on our questions about rebranding from the beer, cheese, and sausage. Um, a lot of people talk about the lake. Okay. Custard. Yeah, that okay. great custard, yeah. Well, on a no number doubt. of different places. No doubt, but you have to you got to focus on what's going to draw people in, mm-hmm. you know, basically bring some business into the city and I don't know you know, I don't think that just the lake is going to do it. It's not sexy enough. It's great great lake. Um now Greg from Greenfield took a different strategy. The cons of living in Wisconsin in this area. Too many mosquitoes. Well, that depends. Um, undeveloped public transportation. That's become too political to even be a conversation. Yeah, anymore. yeah, whatever. Too much isolation, fair amount of crime, easy to get lost, high property taxes. Here's the kicker. High alcohol consumption. Well, I don't think that... Uh, I don't think we're doing ourselves any favors by really focusing on, on that either. You know, we we do have a bad reputation and we always like Wisconsin is always UW Wisconsin is always one of the biggest party schools in the nation we don't have a great reputation about being able to curtail our alcohol intake no we celebrate it yes and it, and it's listen the day's coming up 90% of us aren't I aren't Irish but on Friday the 19th or 18th, 17th, 17th oh, carol please you know where everybody's going to be. I used to do that. Six o'clock in the morning, the doors to hooligans would open, and by eight o'clock, half of them were trashed. Mm-hmm. I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. We've got to wrap our head around that one. Anyway, so I thought, since I haven't talked about him in a while, I think the last time I, I wrote a letter to him was a couple of weeks ago. We're not doing a letter thing, so I didn't you want You wrote a letter to Aaron Rodgers? On the air, yeah. On the okay. Air. okay. Yeah. All Have right. you ever heard that segment? I have, but I... I thought you physically sat down and wrote a letter. Well, of course I did, but I read it on the air. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. Yeah, there's a lot of homework that goes into that. Okay. Basically a conversation between me and Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So the big question, of course, is what's going to happen to Aaron Rodgers? Like, not just for Packers fans, but NFL fans. Like, where is he going to play in Green Bay? Is he going to retire? Is he going to go somewhere else? That's the big question. Yeah, there have been a couple of teams that have been sniffing around. Mm-hmm. I've um, heard the Jets. Yeah, that was one. I can't have another Green Bay quarterback going to the Jets. I can't. I saw somebody had put a picture of him in, in the Jets' helmet. That not, was not a good look. I, I, I just can't. Minnesota and the Jets are off the table. Off the table, Carol. You so. cannot go there. So I wanted to get, I had producer Brandon chased on a couple of perspectives. I've, I've said on the show publicly that I think he's going to get traded this year. Okay. Now, I respect other people's opinions, especially those who cover sports for a living. So we have, first up, Dan Graziano. Is he ESPN? Yes. Um, are, we, are we ready for him? Okay, so we got Dan Graziano talking about Aaron Rodgers. 
What has to happen is, as, as Adam mentioned, Rodgers and the Packers have to have a conversation. And I think it's going to be a two-way conversation. I don't think it's a matter of the Packers saying, okay, Aaron, what do you want to do? And then doing it. I think the Packers have some input here. I think when we heard their general manager, Brian Gutekunst, earlier this week, uh, it sounded like you know at least the organization was ready to consider the possibility of moving on and moving on to Jordan Love and then having their young quarterback grow with their young rosters. So uh, once that conversation takes place and they figure out the way to move forward, that's when I think you'll see trade talks heat up. And that's when, you know, we'll find out who wants the Jets. Maybe it's the Panthers. The Raiders, I think, are a team to watch in this as well. So uh, at some point, there needs to be that kind of summit meeting. I imagine it happens post-combine uh, between Rodgers and the Packers' brain trust. And because we have a deadline coming up on the 15th, that meeting, if it hasn't happened already, has to happen this week. Now, yeah. our guy, Jason Wildey, yes. of Wildy and Tausch. Uh-huh. And by the way, that's the best way to... It could never have been Tausch and Wildy. It had to be Wildy and Tausch. Even though alphabetically it makes no sense, it sounds better that way. Well, but Jason is... You know, he's been a sports guy and a sports writer forever and ever. Mm-hmm. So he really does have to take the lead. And then Tausch is a player who's transferred yeah. over. So, but like, even it, like when there was a Scafidi and Bilstead show. Yes. Alphabetically, it would have been Bilstead and Scafidi. But I said, no, hold on a second. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> So, therefore, it was Scafidi and Bilstead, okay. and we all know what happened to that show. All right, so I want to hear from uh, the very smart, yes. tremendous human being that is Jason Wilde. I want to hear from him on what his thoughts, and he's got sort of a, a different, different take, take on this. I don't, I, I, I think he is, I don't believe he is laboring over the idea of not playing. Um, I think he's considered that, um, but I think in his heart of hearts, he knows that he still wants to keep playing. Um, the question is, what's the best thing for him and for everyone involved on what that looks like? And that part, I, I do think he's struggling with. I, I would, if he's not, he's a heck of an actor. If he's already made up his mind, and the Packers already know that. I don't think he's made up his mind. Okay. At, you know, maybe he did this weekend. I don't know. But I mean, I don't. At this moment, I don't think he even knows what he wants to do. I I don't know. Didn't isn't that what that dark room was all about? Well, that was self introspection. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's part of it. Okay. I I I would hope that a quarterback as skilled as he is understands that even in his down year last year, Mm -hmm. and I watched all the games, he was still better than most most quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. He wasn't like Aaron Rodgers good because don't forget the two previous seasons he was MVP both years in a row. I think that you know physically he's got to he's got to take a look and take stock and you know is the thumb fixed how how's the back how's you know he doesn't have um he doesn't have the legs that he used to have either like he's not as quick as he used to be Here's my audience question Would you be sad if he left I, I would, at this point I wouldn't I've I've seen the career yeah. which is tremendous high skills disappointing he didn't win more super bowls had at least five chances this last decade where they got close, I would be I would be not disappointed, but I, I've seen the work product. It's been great. Maybe it's time to move on. Yeah, I see. I it's you know what you're getting with uh, with Aaron for the most part. For the most part, um, I don't know that much about Jordan Love. I haven't done enough. I haven't. We haven't been able to see him play as much as we would like to. Maybe will um, we love Jordan Love? Listen, we will love anybody who comes out and puts a win in the win column. 
You know that. That's how. That's the kind of fans we are. We just want to win. And whoever's going to be the first and best guy to do the win is who we are going to fall in love with. Now, would I be at all? I, I would be, like I said, the Jets and the Minnesota Vikings are off the table. Carolina Panthers, if he decides he wants to go there, fine. Raiders to be with his buddy, fine, I guess. Um, that Raiders thing makes so much sense. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I would be, I would feel a little sad for like the first 20 minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't even have that. I, I, I'm kind of, I'm ready for the departure. Do you're I ready, think he, you know what you're ready for? You're ready for the end of the drama. That's what you're yeah, ready probably. for. Probably. But I'm also, at some point, if he comes back, I'm happy too. So I'm, I'm comfortable with whatever he wants to do. Now, the Texers, all over the place. Okay. Ex- this one, 262, I'm excited for a new era. I'm over Aaron Rodgers. Steve Kamani's made up his mind. He's turned out to be a weird dude, but he's got 60 million reasons to play this year, which money is, that's big money. He, it, it's huge money, but he's already come out and said that doesn't matter to him. What's he worth? How many? How long has he been making this kind of coin? I'm going to Google in, during the break how much he's worth. He's got to be 300, $300 million. Yeah, he's um, fine. From the 262, he should simply retire. He has money, future in broadcasting or podcast, some sort of, but most importantly, he has his health. Yeah, he's, he's generally healthy. Well, you certainly do want to walk away when you are intact, if you will. I mean, look what's happened to Favre. You know, Favre, well, first, outside of his uh, personal problems, but he's come out and said, how many concussions did he have? Ooh, lots. Yeah, yeah. You know, at some point in time, you you want to be able to live your life without having impediments when it comes to that. Simple question for all of you. Sad or, sad or glad, Aaron Rodgers? I would be sad if he left, but I would be glad if the person taking over for him gets us well that's a big if well i know but i don't know uh, who's who other than jordan love do they have they'd have to trade for somebody right like maybe Maybe that's part of the trade yeah who's out there well you know we'll ask producer brandon that question because he's a big big time sports guy now we'll ask him that question after the break on wtmj sad or glad aaron Rodgers if he leaves the packers i'm not sad or glad i just it's it's okay He's, he, I've I've had the thrill of watching him in person a ton of times. Sure, putting at the uh, the Super Bowl that he won, well, the only one he's to, been in. I mean, you have to at least appreciate, for the most part, how consistent. You know, how fortunate have we been? We had Favre for so many years, and we've had him. Very few teams can say stuff like that. Almost unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, from the text line, Mike says, "I would not be sad. He has run his course." His performance sucked last year. Not worth the money he gets, and he is a whiner, crybaby, arrogant, selfish human being. Tell me what you really think, Mike. <laughs> I'm done with him. Glad to see him go. Okay. I, I don't mind strong opinions. No, not at all. I mean, and that's how he feels, and that's fine. I just think that, uh, and and they want to develop, if they want to develop Jordan Love, I guess this is the way they have to go, and they'll get it. If they trade him, we'll get a lot back, won't we? I would think so. Yeah. Four-time MVP and pretty skilled quarterback. So producer Brandon has been kind of listening in. Okay. So if it's not Jordan Love, who the heck is it? They'd have to trade for somebody, right, or draft somebody. Uh, Yeah, if you don't want to draft for somebody, you can go out and get Andy Dalton or no. Josh Johnson, maybe Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. No. Can we get Patrick Mahomes? Cam <laughs> Newton? How old is he? Is he still playing? He's a free agent. 
So he he's he's year? playing, but he he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a team. And no. uh, Derek Carr was the biggest free agent quarterback Signed on the market. The Saints, he's apparently. no longer yeah he's no longer on the market. But it really don't matter. Your Jordan loves your future. I yeah. think I think Green Bay has seen enough, and they've they've been vocal enough about that uh, as far as his progression. And not only has the front office been vocal, but players in that locker room have spoken very highly publicly about Jordan Love. So if you if if Rodgers is gone. You think Love is just going to get handed the job? No, absolutely. Really? Okay, yeah. now, you said something about the locker room, but I've heard rumblings that Jordan Love is not really like a team player in the locker room. I have never heard that. Okay, all right. Uh, not sure where that would have came from, but I've uh, Devondre Campbell, who was a team captain last year, publicly said Jordan Love is the real deal. Darius Slay, who they played against against the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 12 of 2022, said that the Eagles were trying to stop Jordan Love in that game, and they could not. He and had he, a great game. As, and he said Jordan Love. Went out. Yeah, and, and I'm paraphrasing Darius Slay, who's an all-pro cornerback, said he's the real deal, talking about Jordan Love. I mean, right, he's 6'4", go he can move, he, he's got a strong arm. For all the folks who don't think that that scenario that, that Brandon just laid out can happen, it happened with Rodgers. He sat out for what, three years? Yeah. Came in at the end of, of the last of the three years and... We all know what happened after that. Sure. So this is not unusual for the Packers. Uh-huh. And even Favre sat for a little bit before he got on the field. Of course, the, that famous game, I think it was against the Cincinnati Bengals, came in late, won the game with two great passes. And, and the thing that I think is needs to be understood throughout Packer Nation is that Jordan Love is not going to be Aaron Rodgers. Just as much as Aaron Rodgers wasn't Brett Favre. They're different quarterbacks. They're going to have different styles of play. But Jordan Love's skill set fits seemingly into what Matt LaFleur wants to run as an offense. And he will not be you know, maybe an all-pro, all Hall of Fame quarterback, but he will be good enough to take you to the playoffs and, and eventually have a chance at a Super Bowl. You know what's cool to think about? If, if Let's say Love is the guy. If he turns out to be a really great quarterback, imagine the heads that are going to explode in the Chicago's, Minnesota's, <laughs> Detroit, because we'd have Favre Rodgers Love. I know. They, they would... Be like what a trifecta happened? of greatness. Greatness? Question marks. We don't know what love's going to be yet. Well, I, you know, I'm with you in the fact that we've got to, you know, we got to give him a shot sooner or later. If he's our guy, he's you our guy. Drafted That's him for a reason. You yep. drafted him for a reason. Now, most of the texters say that they wouldn't be sad if he left. So I think Aaron Rodgers, despite all the great things he's done, maybe he's burned enough bridges with the fans that people are, eh, time to go. It could be. I don't know. We'll see what happens. He's going to have to make up his mind. We'll find out in a week. It's going to be about a week, and we'll figure, and then all of a sudden we can, you know, drown our sorrows on St. Patrick's Day. Free, that free agent <laughs> deadline's coming. I think it's the 15th. We, we should know. And then we can talk about it on the show. Yeah. Carol, Steve, we'll hand it off to Jeff, see what he's going to talk about after this on WTMJ. Closing time. Our time is up. Carol, let's see quickly what our producer Brandon learned in today's program. I learned that Jim from Bayview went to the antique shop. Uh, he called me a little bit. <laughs> that was Rome. Wild. Yeah, bought everything. Rome bought everything. No that's what he way. just told me. See, that's real life because we were talking about that antique store. That that story about right. Some of the items that were on display and people were protesting that. Two of the callers had very strong opinions on, and then went to the stores. So he, the store. he took the whole shooting match. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. He, said it, he said it was uh, historical, and he wanted he wanted a piece of it. How about that? Real life in action. I'll be darned. Prompted by our conversation. Sure. Right. Prompted to talk about Jeff Wagner since he's up next on WTMJ. The worst segue ever, but that's what it is. It's okay. Oh, Steve. 
Steve, that wasn't the worst segue ever. <laughs> trust me. No, trust me, not, not, not even close. Um, yes. Uh, welcome back from the weekend. A lot of stuff to talk about on today's program. What was going on in this high school basketball game between Beloit and Muskego, Norway? Parents claiming racial insults at a basketball game. It's just mind-blowing. We had another incident down in Atlanta where Antifa has been protesting for months and months. There was an incident about a month ago where somebody ended up getting shot. Yesterday, you had massive vandalism. How long are authorities going to put up with that? Well, the city of Milwaukee is changing its strategy on expanding the hop. I'm going to try to make some sense of it. The short take is... Don't count on any hop expansion anytime soon, maybe ever. CPAC over the weekend turns into a giant Trump rally. What, if anything, does this mean for the Republican presidential nomination? I've got a big take on that. What is going on up in the town of Lac de Flambeau? And if you happen to buy a piece of landlocked property, well, now you can't get to it. How should this resolve itself? And we start with a story from sports, but it's a broader sort of issue. The head coach for the basketball team at Texas Tech has now been suspended. He might be fired. I'm going to tell you what he said and why people are reacting like they are. We're going to talk about whether it's a legitimate response or complete another complete example of political correctness run amok. All that's coming up. The Wagner Show starts right after the news.